Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today's date is Wednesday, October 18th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 159 on the third paragraph, which starts with a year and six months later. We're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with when next he stumbled. Today's readers are Rebecca S. on the 12 Steps, Liz T. on the 12 Traditions, and on the text, we have Ashley P., Dion R., and Sherry K.B., and our newcomer greeter at the end of the hour is Melanie C. Our preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rebecca S. to read the 12 steps. Rebecca. Hi, good morning. This is Rebecca S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater from Southern California. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Rebecca S. I will now ask Liz T. to read the 12 Traditions. Liz. Good morning. This is Liz T., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Minnesota. Can you hear me okay? Yes, Liz. Okay, great. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OE unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. 
three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you. Uh, Liz C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except for the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume, resume our study of the big book on page 159. It's the third paragraph, a year and six months later. We're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with, when next he stumbled. And I will ask Ashley P. to begin the reading. Ashley. Hi, this is Ashley P. recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Uh, a year and six months later, uh, three had succeeded with even more. Seeing much of other, uh, seeing much of each other, scarce an evening passed that someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women, happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Outsiders became interested. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of a strangely assorted crowd. This couple has since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to their work. Many a distracted wife has visited this house to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew her problems, to hear from the lips of their husbands what had happened to them, 
She advised how her own wayward mate might be hospitalized and approached when next he stumbled. Uh, so, hi again, this is Ashley Fee, recovered in Northern California, and I just uh, wanted to thank everyone for being on the line today, and, and thank you, Sylvia, for your service, and, and welcome the newcomers. Um, I've got goosebumps by this. This is um, the story of uh, how meetings began, and um, in, in absence for me, the, the, the foundation of my day um, and then my week, and so really, <laughs> time now is um, is meetings for me um, because of the because of these vision meetings. Um, I can listen to uh, I can listen to a meeting, and I can hear recovery um, whenever I'm feeling squirrely. And and so, in in the beginning of my absence, I was listening to probably like two or yeah, often like two or three meetings a day. Um, I just, I, I was so uncomfortable and so anxious all the time. Um, and I just, I just didn't know what to do. And so I would just put it on in the background and I'd, you know, I'd be out running errands or um, at home doing homework or, or what have you, but I, I would just have it on in the background. Um, and, you know, I'm also really blessed that, that uh, I have, I have face-to-face meetings. Um, that I can attend to, um, and and that I have um, friends and, and mentors and guides that are um, helping to sort of bring the the promise of of healthy face to face meetings to the the area where I live. Um, and so, what stands out to me most, um, what I underlined was the prime object was to provide a time and a place where new people might bring their problems. Um, so again, this is, this is discussing um, what our, our, our primary purpose is. Um, and, and as the meeting was, was starting and, and we were, you know, reading the, the, the text that we, that we read at every meeting, I just kept hearing that our primary purpose is to carry the message to compulsive overeaters, uh, to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. So, I did not at all get into this program because I wanted to help anybody else. I, I wanted to stop eating. I wanted to stop. I, I knew I was going to die um, eating the way that I was eating and, and that it, it had been going on for, uh, since I, well, I mean, it had always been going on, but since I can remember since I was five and I, I just, turned 37 and I have about a year and a half of, of abstinence and, and so I I just wanted the misery to end and I, I finally felt willing to to do something about it instead of saying everybody else God you fix this for me but but being helpful to anybody else certainly wasn't why I got into this program but it is it is exactly what happens and it's how I've stayed abstinent it's about the food but it's it's not about the food um, it's, it's about working these steps and beginning to develop a way of life in which I'm thinking about other people besides myself. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, there, there's been some politics that are happening in, um, a face-to-face workshop that I'm involved in. And I was really struck the other day because one of my 
primary thoughts about it was that I was worried about how it it would affect um, newcomers. And certainly that wasn't my only thought. Um, I had some pretty selfish and self-seeking thoughts as well, but I'm always sort of knocked on my butt when I realize that I've had like a truly unselfish thought. And um, that's, that's what this program has given me um, the ability to think of, of other people and, and what would be best for somebody else besides just me. So this line and, and um, the meetings are a place to um, a safe place for family and for uh, so, so that family can understand that it's uh, there's actually recovery um, that uh, these these people uh, who uh, could never be trusted were drinking their whole lives they could actually turn to them for help when their husbands um, relapsed again and and so that's what I see on this line with us is is uh, is recovery and um, and guidance and um, uh, and that's from from doing the the step work um, and I think that's it and with that I pass thank you Ashley P I will now ask. Uh, I will now ask for anyone who wants to share on the readings to uh, gently give me your names one at a time. Carrie S. Carrie S. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Millie D. Millie D. And there was someone before with uh, that I just missed. Was it an R? Rose F. Rose F. F. M. M. Rose M. Okay. Thanks. And I got Millie D. Jeanette T. Jeanette T. Yes. Christy G. Christy G. I keep on hearing someone who's not getting in. I apologize. Can can we get that person? It's Gina. Gina, Gina R. R. I thought that was you. I'm sorry, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got Carrie S, Kathleen O, Rose M, Millie D, Jeanette T, Christy G, Gina R. And if I missed your, um, if I didn't get the right initial of your last name, just correct when you come on. So let's start with Carrie S, followed by Kathleen O. And I will be timing too. Good morning. And thanks everybody for your service. And um, happy Wednesday. This is Carrie S, recovered gratefully in Golden, Colorado. And, um, yeah, here we are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You. And it's so – I just am so excited to be able to, to share. Uh, I was just reading with a gal, and we were re- reading and working with others. And these two paragraphs do definitely um, draw me back to, you know, the 12th step of service. And that's, that's what we're doing here. We're, we're trusting God. We're cleaning house. And we're getting well. Um, and I liked um, the first share was that, you know, what resonated was that, yeah, I get shocked when I have these unselfish motives and I'm, I feel so far removed from my disease, but yet I have that subtle, you know, fear that it's, I'm just recovered one day at a time. So, um, but the neutrality in the recovery is just so astonishing that I just want to share it with others. I just so desperately want those that I see in my face-to-face meetings that are suffering get get well 
And so uh, page 98 and working with others, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well, regardless of anyone. And the only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. And, and so I'm so grateful for this program and the steps. And I, um, I learned uh, earlier this week that, that steps one through three get us right with God. Steps four through seven get me right with myself. Steps eight and nine get me right with others. And steps 10, 11, and 12 help me stay right with God, with myself, and with others. And I just, I love the layers um, of learning in this program that I'm constantly able to, to learn new aspects, especially now that I have this clear mind and that the food is in its place and I continue to grow uh, every day. And um, I'm just, just so grateful to be able to learn about motives and learn that my motive is unity. My motive today is to connect with others and to be of service. And so if you're on the line and you're listening and you're still struggling with the food, just know step two tells us we have hope, hope that you see other people recovered. You hear people on this line that are recovered and there is hope and you too can recover. So just keep trudging the road and stay, have perseverance and grit and and you'll get there. Blessings with that. I pass. Thank you, Carrie S. Kathleen O. Followed by Rose M. Good morning. Thank you. This is Kathleen O. Recovered in Northern California. And so happy to be on the line with everyone this morning. So happy in their release. Um, well, release from what? Release from the from a helpless state of mind and body. You know, release from the bonds of alcohol. Um, from you know, giving their life over to the to the bottle. I was happy to be released from the bondage of bags and boxes and wrappers and cartons. And 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 I was happy to be released from giving all my energy every day to to the food, you know, um, I'd been released to, from bowing down to the food, and now I give my life and will, and I work in partnership with my higher power, and, and there is, there is a solution to this problem, um, the line, um, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems, and these were problems related to alcohol, you know, this, um, of, of everything that came with with alcohol and addiction, and you know newcomers were given the solution to their problem. They're the the people who were recovered were carrying a message of depth and weight, and that's what this program is is about. And um, and it's a it, you know it's it's um, walking newcomers through the steps so they may have a spiritual awakening, and and so they too can happily stop eating, and. For me, it's I'm happy not having to be right anymore. You know, I have this freedom. I have freedom from the bondage of food, and I have freedom from fear. Doesn't mean the fear doesn't come up sometimes, but I get released from it really quickly when I take it to my higher power. And it certainly isn't, um, you know, overpowering the way it used to be. And you know, to to have a new life um, and a new way of living be happy, joyous, and free, you know, this is about taking action, working these steps, living these principles, and helping others, and 
you know, I found when I did when I did that. I mean, we're promising this in the in these pages. You know, you'll no longer fight anyone or anything, including the food. And that for me is one big huge miracle. And all I have to do is just keep suiting up and showing up. And um, and my life is just amazing and not not always easy, but just really incredible. Um, and you know, thanks to thanks to to living these principles. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Rose M. followed by Millie D. Hi, um, this is Rose M. and um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Philadelphia area. Um, I just I I just love these two paragraphs because they just make me think of all of you um, and the fellowship. And um, you know, I think when I um, when I was really in the food and um, very sick, um, I just lost, um, I, I just kind of lost my grip on social things. Um, I, I wanted to be isolated. Um, I didn't think anyone could help me. Um, and uh, I didn't think anyone even wanted to help me. Um, so, you know, that's why when I started um, listening to the meeting and um, talking to um, talking to you all, I, I was just shocked you know I was really just blown away um and um and I and I think you all really um bring so much light to a really dark dark place um like you know for the past two days um just reading about um reading in these paragraphs um has really made me um just realize that you know compulsive overeating and food addiction most likely is in a similar place to where alcohol and alcoholism was when this book was written. Um, I think a lot of, there are a lot of doctors who just throw their hands up in the air who don't know how to help people. There's a lot of hopelessness out there. Um, but, but we can bring hope to people. Um, we can share our recovery. We can share that, that you can recover. Um, and just, just the willingness to help other people, just, just that willingness, I mean, that, that drives the message so, so much. That gives so much power to the message. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, and, and I can tell you with regards to the family, I know we don't all meet each other's families, like how it's described in these paragraphs. But, um, you know, my sponsor um, told me about, um, you know, the good changes that came to her family after she became recovered. And, um, you know, we read about, those things in the family afterward, and um, that helped me to have hope that things could change in my family, and and things have been changing for the better. Um, so my family is so grateful. I mean, my son is five years old, um, so you know I don't know what he remembers, um, but I know that he'll remember me being being there for him. Um, my mother wasn't able to be there for me. Um, because she was a compulsive overeater and very sick. Um, and my husband's very grateful, too, um, for um, for this program, for me being recovered, for all of you, um, you know. So um, I think uh, I think with that, I pass, and I'm very thankful for all, for all of you. All right. Thank you, Roseanne. Millie D., followed by Jeanette T., Are you there, Millie? This is Millie. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. 
I'm sorry, I unmuted and then it muted itself. Um, this is Millie D, uh, recovered from uh, San Diego, California. And um, what struck me in these two paragraphs was in the, in the second paragraph we read, the, it talks about this being a strangely assorted crowd. I have had the privilege of meeting people I would have never, ever come across in my life in these rooms, and it has been such a joy and a pleasure to uh, have relationships with, with people that, um, like I say, I may have never come in contact with. Um, in San Diego, we are so blessed that we have, you know, six, seven, eight, nine meetings seven days a week, so we can go anywhere at any time and, and catch a face-to-face -face meeting. Um, but it has been so uh, transforming for me to, to find this meeting a year ago. Um, I'm handicapped now, and it's harder for me to get out to face-to-face to -face meetings. I go, but it's, this is so good for me, and I come on every morning because I love this meeting. Um, when I went to the convention in Newark, I took a, a bus ride with a whole van full of other compulsive readers to Stepping Stones in New York. And um, it says here, many distracted wife has visited this house to find loving and understanding companionship among women. And, and they would, uh, the, they, the tour guide talked about there would be like 70 um, alcoholics in the room and their wives would be like upstairs or in the kitchen or whatever. And so talking with each other, and so that's how Al-Anon got started. And Lois was such a good Al-Anon. She, um, she just took every picture and everything she had and encoded it and typed out all kinds of messages about it and has it all over the room upstairs. It was such a blessing to be able to be there and to see that and to feel the spirituality in that house and to, to know that... Um, you know, we are standing on the shoulders of these people, and I am so grateful because my life has been transformed. You know, I have a, I'm, a, I'm getting choked up. I have a relationship with my family now that I never thought I would have. And um, my son and I get along really well. And um, my sisters recently died, so they're gone, but my nieces love me dearly. And I love them, and, and you know, it's just so amazing how we can, um, how this has transformed me. And working with others, I can live that again and, and see how, not only watch them transform, but how I can see how I've transformed. I'm so blessed. Um, I don't have a timer going, but I'm sure I'm about at the end. So um, I pass, and thank you all for your service. Perfect timing, Millie. Jeanette T. followed by Christy D. Hi, I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in Southern California. My name's Jeanette G. And thank you for everyone who's on the line. And this part of the um, reading really reminded me of our fellowship and that, you know, gathering to, um, you know, what someone said, focus on our primary purpose. And I am getting ready to go on a road trip with my father, who back in my dis-ease days um, was my binge buddy when um, I had nothing, no other tools as a junior high and high schooler. And, you know, and 
you know, we would do our binges and, you know, he, um, because I was a miserable teenager and focused on body, you know, he supported me on going on crazy liquid diets and, you know, I don't, um, hold him responsible for, um, you know, my disease, because I know that, you know, I would have figured it out anyway, and I don't get to take his inventory. But um, my gratitude about this reading is that I get to go um, on, let's see, from Friday morning, I'll be back Thursday or Tuesday, so several days, I'm traveling just with him. And, um, and I get to take you all with me because of these phone meetings, like, wow, what a miracle. I mean, the fact that the founders, would they have ever thought that, you know, rather than having to drive to meetings, that they could, you know, pick up a phone in their home and, and connect with this fellowship. So I'm super grateful that, you know, um, I'll be able to consistently um, be able to get on the line and then also go to meetings via podcasts and, you know, still stay in contact with um, people in my home group via phone and email and text. And like, yes, what a gift, what a gift, because I'm imagining, I mean, my dad has um, a spiritual um, foundation, but, you know, he's um, never worked a recovery program and, um, and he's in a much better state and so am I, but um, I know that there'll be a buildup of emotion and I get to um, unload and dissipate that motion, um, emotion in these rooms um, via telephone lines and Wi-Fi, crazy internet stuff that I don't even really understand how it all works, but it works. And, um, you know, I can um, stay in recovery no matter where I am. So I'm just so grateful um, that, yeah, we get to focus on my purpose. Um, my primary spiritual aim is to stay fit, whether in my home, in a, um, at my work, in a meeting room, or on the road. So thanks so much for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jeanette G. Christy G, followed by Gina R. Hi, this is Christy, Christy D. Hi, this is Christy okay. D, um, recovered compulsive eater in Southern California. I'm so happy to be on the line live today. I listen daily to the recordings, but occasionally I get to be on live. Um, this is great stuff, and it reminds me of when I first came to OA, which was earlier this year. And I found a fellowship. Um, it was an online meeting, and then I found phone meetings and also face-to-face meetings. But I just remember the feeling of, you know, coming into the virtual rooms and finding other people who are like me. And, yes, I did come in wanting something for me. But um, through recovery, I found that the best way to get what we need is to help others. And, and this reminds me, of page 62 where it says selfishness self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles and it absolutely is and I never thought I was selfish until I got into recovery and then I realized how selfish I was and so what is the opposite of that is what we need to do we need to do like these women did open up our homes for others I mean how many of us have homes that we could use for meetings or time that we could use um, to lead a meeting, I, I hear so many people say, there's no meeting near me, so I can't go to meetings. Well, then you can start one up. And so many of us are selfish and just think, well, I don't have time. I don't have this. I don't have that. And it really helps in our recovery when we can give to others. We, we can be there for other people. And this is just a shining example of that. So with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chrissy B. and Gina R. 
Hi, good morning, Sylvia. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. And um, this, these two paragraphs um, are reinforcing the um, idea or goal that I've had that I really want to start reading up on some of the the history and um, the stories about how all this came together. I love it when our um, fellows on this line who are well steeped in the history when they bring that to life. And um, someone already alluded to this, um, that it, it just, when I'm reading that second paragraph starting with outsiders became interested, one man and his wife, it just feels like, oh, this is the start of the, the Al-Anon side. And, um, but it also is helping me um, understand just in my own life and in my own situation um, how the dance of this particular disease works. And when one part of the equation in a family or in a couple um, starts to seek recovery and what I I also see as, you know, fighting integrity in my life where before I was a very broken and fractured individual bringing my brokenness um, and colliding it with others. And um, if you if you know math and you do one half times one half, you end up getting one quarter. And so every time we bring our broken states to each other without um, the foundation of something that is bringing integrity to us, we just keep diminishing each other. We keep degrading each other. One half times one half is one quarter. One quarter times one quarter is one sixteenth. I mean, it just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And that's what the difference is for me today when I am locking arms with everybody and standing on the shoulders of the people who came before us and taking this program seriously, but not, not, so, not taking myself so seriously. That was my problem. I need to take this program seriously and lay aside everything I thought I knew about myself. Then I can actually have um, some integrity. It's still not perfect. Um, I still am broken. But when I have that difference there, then integrity is like the number one, and one times one is one. So we're not diminishing each other anymore. We're, we're bringing our wholeness and um, our, our full potential to this. And I'm so, so, so grateful to all of those who came before us and um, look forward to reading about it in the future. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Tina. I'll now take a new list, and um, once again, we're on page 159, the third paragraph, which starts with a year and six months later for two paragraphs, and who would like to share? This would be Paula D. Paula D. Mo H. Mo Sherry H. KB. Sherry KB. Elaine B. Elaine B. I have one more. Anyone? Well, okay. Paul Jody D. EQ. Jody EQ, I got you. Okay, Paula D, Mo H, Sherry KB, Elaine B, and Jody EQ. 
And Paula, go ahead. And thank you, Sylvia, for your service and the opportunity here to speak. Um, I hope you can hear. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. I heard something in the background. Uh, yeah, if, any, if everyone could unmute, if you're muted, please. Uh, I mean, could you mute? Thanks. <laughs> uh, and that's just how I came in here, mixed up. And I am recovered, vying with the grace of God, and this opportunity to speak here and to read these paragraphs and how and what they meant to me. And it goes on, and I will, I will tell you here, when I went happy in their release, I didn't even know I was trapped until I sat and I listened. But it was more, way more than listening. It was seeing. They weren't trapped. They weren't trapped, and this was a different kind of trap that I could not, I could not release myself with. And there was my ego, by the way. That was where always the effort was made. But look at what happens here. In addition to these casual get-togethers, ooh, you would think it would be very serious. But look at how they came together. That's what I love about the meetings, the laughter. Casual. But look what happens. We became customers to set apart a night a week. See, I set apart every morning, every morning, a time to listen, to hear again. And look at what it says. You want to talk about inclusive, honey? Look at what it says on the top of 160. In t- attended by anyone or everyone. Oh, well, that leaves nobody out. Not one. Interested in a spiritual way of life. There you have it. But I wanted to say this part, and this here caused me a little bit of a, hmm. It was The object was to provide a time and a place where new people might bring their problems. Well, I said, what problems? In the meetings, I understood and I learned more about. See, I kept kind of zeroing in on, oh, they're talking about that problem. I can identify with that. I was way off. I was way off. My problem was, and it always started, and it stemmed from my disease. And then it goes on. And here again, again, I want to go down to look at how it affects. It's not just you. I always thought it was me. Just me, poor me. I didn't see the child that I had no time for. I didn't see the mother that would just fall asleep because I had no time. She wanted to talk about a book. <laughs> Many a distracted wife has visited this house. Look at here to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew her problem. Look at how it opens up. This began when? First, the book was written before I was even born. How would they know? How would they know that what was to happen? That was not their knowledge, how long it was to last, that here I would be in 2017 reading, and it was just appropriate today. And I wanted to end with the way it ended here. And approached when next he stumbled. Oh, Anyone or everyone? Yeah. And when he stumbled, and I stumbled, got back on the horse. So here again, lessons, lessons to be learned, and I thank you for the time that has been given me. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Mo H., followed by Sherry Kibbe.
Good morning. This is Mo H. from Northern California. Thank you, Sylvia, for your service and everyone else on the line. Um, I just, I don't know, I used to just read this book and read it like a, a, a novel and just listening to the last share of how there is so much meaning in every word there is here. Um, what struck me initially is um, happy in their release and constantly thinking of how they may present their discovery to some newcomer. Well, I've been in the rooms a long time and there was no happy in my release. I came, as I hear most people did, come for the diet, to lose weight, and to leave. And that's what I did. And then I came back. And then I dieted again and I lost the weight, but I did stay. But I didn't get it. And it has just been since I joined the vision meeting, it'll be almost two years ago, that I am happy. I am recovered. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, and I do so, as I hear said, happily. Um, food is neutral to me. And then um, I just love carrying the message. That is the, the drop of gold in my day, is speaking with my sponsees, making outreach calls, going to meetings, and sharing uh, my experience, strength, and hope. And what has helped me the most in these last two years is learning how and doing properly a 10th step. And if I need to do one more than one time a day, I do. So I, I do a lot of 10th steps. And um, that just brings me back to being grounded, being rooted, being connected to my higher power. Um, so I don't have much else to say and I forgot to set my timer, but I'm so happy to be able to share on this line live once a week. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Mo H. Sherry KB followed by Elaine B. Good morning, Elaine. I mean, good morning, Elaine. Good morning, <laughs> Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered compulsive air reader. Thanks for your service, Sylvia, and everybody on the line, and welcome all newcomers. Happily in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomers, to someone new, to some newcomers. I'm having a hard time today. Um, anyhow, you know, what I recall is um, going to meetings, and, you know, before doing this work this way, I used to go to meetings to socialize. I used to go to meetings to find out what diet you were on, how it was working, how much weight had you lost, what did you do, how did you get there. Fast forward uh, to today, when I go to meetings, I walk up to newcomers and I talk to them about this book and I ask them, you know, how are they doing and are they on a step or do they have a sponsor? And, you know, that's the difference today in me because um, I'm constantly thinking about how I can carry this message. And to me, this is what these paragraphs are about is how do I carry the message of this program? Um, and what I love, too, is how we carry this message on this line. And, I'm, you know, I carry this message happily. I don't, you know, there's, there's uh, to me, these paragraphs are of hope. And it just reminds me that I'm here because I have a solution. And I didn't have one before. And I always thought my solution was a diet and how to lose weight and a food plan. Um, now I know that my solution is the steps and living in 10 and 11 and 12 because I, I have a spiritual malady. Um, 
And then just a little ditty here um, on this first paragraph on page 160. Yes, a lot of people have mentioned that um, the, the distracted wife visited the house to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew her problem. Um, that is the beginning of Al-Anon. And uh, Al-Anon was founded in 1951 by, guess who, Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob's wives, uh, Ann, Ann, Ann Smith and uh, Lois Wilson. And so thank God for that. Um, thank God that they were there supporting their loved ones and how, you know, what's grown into Al-Anon today. And that's all I'll say about that. But I just love these pages because it's giving me a lot of hope. And I think about how, um, you know, as I think it says on page 17, how as a group, you know, we would mix. You know, we come from all different backgrounds and religions and everything, you know, just everything. And here we are because it's divinely inspired. I feel like this book is divinely inspired. And us on the line every day, our higher powers are here together, and we are doing the deal every day. And I love this program. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Elaine B., followed by Jody EQ. Thank you, Sylvia. Good morning, and thank you for your faithful service. This is um, Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts, and so grateful for this this book, this solution, this way of living. Oh, my gosh. So they're starting to reflecting back, and I just, it was four years ago, just about uh, within a few days that I took on my first sponsee after I finished my, my last nine step at that time. <laughs> of course, we continue that and all the steps for the rest of our life. And they're reflecting back on those who succeeded and, and, and realizing that not everybody did. Um, you know, <laughs> ending the reading here with those that might be hospitalized and approached when next they stumble. Um, because that is the case with us. That is the case with the people that we work with. I've kind of lost count of, you know, <laughs> how many people I've worked with, but um, I just love the relationship that this community creates and, um, you know, people happy in their release. I love that on this line we share <clears throat> that people are um, – happy in their abstinence and to be able to carry that into face-to-face -face messages, to be able to reflect that on this line and extend that hope that there is something different here, that there is a true freedom from the compulsion of overeating and we can be happy, joyous, and free living this way of life. And um, so they would constantly think about how they can share that with others. And one of the things that I do in a face-to-face, -face, my, my kind of primary face-to-face -face meeting, is that as I'm, as I'm driving there, I'll be sort of checking in with God. Is there a tool I can share on that I can bring in my experience, strength, and hope, specifically as it relates to how I work the steps and the impact that that's had on my life? And pretty much without exception, I come up with something, although there are days where I'm just there to listen and be there for people and um, maybe approach a newcomer afterwards or someone who's struggling their food after the meeting. But I love the opportunity that we have to share our experience, strength, and hope as we qualify on these meetings, as we share in our big books. And the um, one thing that I absolutely love is that, the, you know, we're open to others who are interested in a spiritual way of life. And it makes me think of the paragraph on um, page 28 that talks about, um, 
you know, what seemed to be at first a flimsy read has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, if, or if you prefer, a design for living that really works. And it really works for everybody. That's why 12, uh, step 1A and 12B is interchangeable, whether it's food or alcohol or anything else. The other thing that I love is that um, is on the bottom of page uh, 42, it says quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all of my problems. And so no matter what our problem is, we can find um, a solution in these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. And Jody EQ, I have two minutes for you, and you'll close this out. Thank you. Okay. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. So, yes, a year and six months later, these three had succeeded with seven more. It took some time for there to be success. Bill uh, failed in his first attempts for quite a while, but he stayed sober. And then he finally found Dr. Bob, and together they found Bill D. And slowly they started to gain momentum. Um, this meeting, a vision for you is remarkable to me in that I have seen and heard more recovery in this one meeting than in any other meeting I've ever attended in my almost 30 years in the program. And I see this phenomenon happening, this, this uh, positive um, cycle of one person helping another and success is happening. And I'm very, very grateful to have found this meeting. Um, as uh, others are doing, I'm, we recently started a face-to-face -face big book study in my hometown here. And uh, it's exciting. And um, it's nice to be able to have face-to-face -face recovery as well as on the telephone. Happy in our release, constantly thinking of how we might uh, present our discovery with some newcomer, we can keep our recovery. And I cannot rest on my laurels because I am not cured, but I do have a reprieve one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jody EQ. Thank you to everyone who's shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And stick around after that. We'll have the newcomer greeter, Melanie C., greet the newcomers. Um, and can I have Dion R. read A Vision for You? Our, meant, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes. Hi. This is Dion, a compulsive all reader. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, great. Hi. <clears throat> our book is meant to be uh, suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. 
Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you in pure then. I pray.